It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm Zach Blackerby, your host, my guest today every Monday, Lindsey Crosby. How are you, my friend? I am doing great. I am very excited for this. Uh, I'm honored to be the first person on the YouTube channel. This is great. I know it. There's so much that can go wrong now. There's so many things. But if you're watching on YouTube, welcome. We've been doing this show for a very long time, several years now, but finally jumping to YouTube. And if you're listening to the podcast and the open was a little different, that's why. Still working out a few things as far as audio, being able to talk over that intro and all that. But we'll figure it all out. We'll figure it all out. Lindsay, a ton of things to talk about that happened for the Auburn Tigers over the weekend. 90% of them revolving about, you know, around what happened during during uh, Auburn's first scrimmage of fall camp. A lot to be excited about, a lot to be cautious about, and there are some things that we're going to debate today or at least have the conversation. Should we be concerned about a few things? So, sounds like the defense absolutely dominated and won the day. Really made it sound like, at times, the offense had really a hard time doing much of anything, largely mm-hmm. due to, shocker, the offensive line. Yeah, it's... When I see a report that, oh yeah, yeah, Auburn's returning back all his offensive line experience, that doesn't mean they're good. And I think when I see some of the comments come around from the scrimmage and people are saying, oh, yeah, 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 our defensive line is really good. I don't know that they are. I don't know how much of this is just our offensive line being bad versus our defensive line being good. But either way, it's a little concerning. I'm right through with you. And I will say that Jalil Irvin got the start at guard. They moved Tayshawn Manning to the second group. And I don't anticipate that actually happening. And... I was looking at, I spent a lot of time at auburnlive.com today. Hokinson's coverage of this was incredible, by the way. Uh, so be sure to check that out. Still, you can like subscribe for like 10 bucks for a full year. And their coverage for the scrimmage this past weekend was worth that entirety. So, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, he talked about how it sounds like the idea was to split up some of the starting offensive line. So the second unit would be somewhat good, I guess, Um, and I don't know if that necessarily worked. The whole mixing and matching across the offensive line, while I understand it, I think it's gotten to the point in fall camp, and it'll be fun to see what happens this week as they get ready for their second scrimmage, which I believe will be Friday. Do they quit doing that? Do do they go with the, the, the main five, and maybe they rotate a guy in here and there just so they have a little bit of depth. If somebody goes down, they've got other options. That's what I'm expecting to see. That's what I'm hoping to see along the offensive line. But all in all, uh, I'm right there with you. Like, Is the defensive line so good that they just can dominate other offensive lines in the SEC? Maybe. That's definitely the orange and blue uh, 
glasses way to look at it. If you're looking through those orange and blue glasses, if you want to be an Auburn optimist here, which we are a lot of the time, but I'm a little skeptical of that. I, I think, I mean, it sounds like at times the offensive line was just missing blocks and Tank Bigsby and Sean Shiver still showed glimpses of, hey, no matter who's blocking for them, they can kind of make something out of nothing on a semi-consistent basis. Yeah, and kind of doing that thing where we overparse the comments from the coaches. You know, you you touched on the mixing and matching, and Harson's right. talking about, you know, like we flat out miss some blocks. You know, we have to communicate, we have to correct that, and some false starts. And part of that to me, I think, is, okay, you have guys who have not played next to one another because we're mixing and matching. So I kind of get it. Uh, I've said this now for a few weeks. I think that the mixing and matching we're seeing in the fall is because they added Brandon Council. We know Council is going to start. We just don't know where is he best on the line. Right. But I think we're at the point now where you need to go ahead, figure that out so you can get that five together. You can uh, let them work on this communication so that you know, you know that this guy is going to pick him up if he comes inside. It's just instinctual. And like you said, maybe put a guy in here and there in certain packages just to make sure that you've got some depth and you got some flexibility, but you need to figure out that five. And the question is, once you figure out that five, how much more, like, how better are we going to be once we're settled? And I just right. I don't think we know that yet. Yeah, it's impossible to know. It's impossible to know. Meant to mention this at the top of the show, uh, this first YouTube show. It's um, We have a new way to deliver our content. And uh, I got so caught up with all the different things that I have to click now. Um, the folks that are best at delivering local meals in the Auburn, Opelika, and Lee County area are friends at Fetch Me, uh, FetchMeDelivery.com, or their new app. It's new and improved. It's fantastic. And we talk about this all the time. Auburn people love Auburn people, and the folks that fetch me are Auburn people. So if you're in the Auburn, Opelika, Lee County area, and you want people to actually care about your food, your family's dinner, um, you need to hit up our friends at Fetch Me. Download their free app or go to FetchMeDelivery.com. And if you're coming in town, if you're planning to come in town for any of the games this year, you need to check out our friends at Fetch Me. And they've got a, a built-in page on their website. If you're staying in the hotels, they've got all that already. You just click links and it's uh, they know where to go. And use the promo code LOCALMEAL if your purchase is over $30, which if you're ordering for your family, that should be Super easy. Use local meal um, to get uh, a little bit knocked off of that price at fetchmedelivery.com. Thank you so much for them to, uh, sponsoring Locked On Auburn. All right, so it sounds like specifically on the defensive line, of course, Colby Wooden, um, it sounds like he was incredible. It sounds like uh, you know everything that we've talked about Wooden over the last several months, he was the guy up front, and he was a problem including, um, I forgot where I saw this note, but apparently the first four plays for the starting offense, there were four play-action passes, and none of them fooled the defense whatsoever, but one of them was a sack by Wooden on Bo Nix. Yeah, so I don't, I, I love bringing in more play-action. Uh, that's something you see a lot of these NFL teams run consistently they run it often i like doing that i don't necessarily know if it didn't work in these situations because we just have that much talent in our front seven or is it a thing where when you're playing your own team you know their tendencies better but yeah um the front seven uh harson talked about they look great he's supposed to put out wooden the edge 
all the edge guys, the linebackers look super explosive, causing right. a lot of negative plays. I think as long as our rush defense can hold up, and a lot of that's going to be that interior of that defensive line as well as the linebackers, as long as that rush defense can hold up, this defense has the possibility to do some damage this year. Yeah, uh, I don't think there's any doubt about it. So um, that was exciting. And then J.J. Pegues found himself in the backfield, apparently in some relevant snaps throughout this scrimmage. I've been pretty critical on him saying, hey, he's not going to be relevant in 2021. This is going to be a more of a, a 2022 kind of thing. I may be wrong on this. Yeah, they're saying that that the light hasn't completely come on, but he's still going to get those wild plays, and it's really because of his athleticism. I mean, he his his footwork is very good for a guy that size. Obviously, we've seen him dunk a basketball. We've seen him spin, you know, spin move on guys and juke guys. Yeah, uh, I think there's a role he can play where you can give him a limited set of responsibilities and let him go in and use his natural athleticism. So I think there is a role you can play. I just kind of like you, I didn't think he would play it in year one on being on defense. Right. What does it what does it say that he got moved to defense in the offseason and he's already this disruptive and we had him at tight end? Yeah, I think there's a couple different ways you could go with that. One, you could say he's just super, you know, naturally gifted, and we've seen that. I mean, you should not be that large and be able to move that well. Or you want to give Nick Eason credit? I think there's an answer there, too. You can say, okay, this new defensive line coach that Auburn's had, he spent a decade in the NFL. Maybe he helped out with that. But I also agree, like, you look at him, and it's like, wow, that was fun. Was he actually a tight end? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. So that, that's yeah, a good question. I'm going to give credit to Pegues, credit to Eason, uh, just for it's something, hey, Eason can say, Here's what your skills, here's your abilities, yeah. here's how you can use these to be disruptive. Right. You know, and he obviously he understands the other side of blocking from being on the offensive line or being a tight end and being being set up in line to block. Yeah, he so, did a lot of blocking last year. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean it's it's not that far removed to then turn around and know how to be on the other side of that. But still, it's one of those okay, maybe he should have just come in as a defensive tackle up front. Right. Today's show brought to you by our friends at uh, Sweat Block. It's doctor-created, doctor-recommended, and it works for up to seven days per use. Uh, Sweat Block, they've got it going on. It's a stronger, more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply add it at night before bedtime. You go to bed, and the next morning you wake up, wash, and you go about your day. You don't have to worry about sweat ruining your shirt if you got a, you know, a sales presentation or if you just... Have trouble with sweating. So I know it's going to sound too good to be true, but you uh, you have to use sweat block. Uh, you only have to use it once or twice a week, and uh, it'll keep you dry the whole time. So you can get it for 20% off at sweatblock.com. Use promo code Locked On or at uh, Amazon or CVS. That is sweatblock.com. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The biggest surprise to me, Lindsay, over the course of, you know, just reading and and listening to folks talk about what happened uh, and Auburn's scrimmage on on a Saturday night was Zion Puckett was the starting safety next to Smoke Monday. And 
I've had this conversation with Justin Ferguson several times where it's like, I'm not talking about Zion Puckett enough. And man, if he pulls off getting this starting safety spot, props to him, man. He kept his nose down and he just worked, worked, and worked. Yeah, it's every year we're going to have that guy who just, it feels like he comes out of nowhere. And Zion Puckett's not coming out of nowhere. I mean, he's he's been on this team for a while, but yeah. it's one of those we got enamored with the new flashy thing and we just forget about the guy who just consistently comes in and does the work. You know, I think of Daniel Thomas a lot in this situation. We never really expected him to be as big a part as he did. And he just came in, consistently did the work and showed he belonged out there. Well, last year and, it was know, so Zion, uh, last year it was Kobe Wooden. Sorry to cut you off, Lindsay, but it was Kobe Wooden. Yeah. Malzon put out the uh, the first depth chart and I'm like, oh. Okay. All right. And then obviously that worked out. So Yeah, you know, it's something where where I think it leaves Auburn in a good place if Zion Puckett's the starter next to Smoke Monday because you have time to to kind of bring in all of these other transfer guys. You're not counting on them to start right away and to hold down the back end of the of this defense. You can take a uh, experienced guy on this team, give him some time and ease them in, maybe give them smaller packages and smaller responsibilities so they can have a bigger impact sooner. Uh, so it's a good thing, but yeah, I just completely stunned, did not see that coming and did not give that man enough respect. Uh, I, I certainly did not. I, I wasn't buying it and uh, I'm wrong. I'm, I'm wrong on that. And that's great. Good for him. And man, I mean, we heard nothing but great things about, you know, by Darius Knighton and Ladarius Tennyson and Donovan Kaufman started at nickel. And we'll talk about him in a second, but, this is a Zion Puckett playing better than everyone else. This is not other people falling down. So, I mean, this is something that Auburn fans should get really, really excited about. I mean, this defensive backfield has all the potential in the world. I mean, there's a lot of things to be excited about that, including Donovan Kaufman starting at the nickel position. Yeah, I don't necessarily know if I expected Kaufman to be the nickel right away. It just... Watching him at Vanderbilt, he seemed to me to be a lot more of a safety than a nickel guy. But, you know, I'm excited about it. It definitely yeah. works. You kind of have to wonder about like Darius Knight and Sean Miller. Like, where where's the role for them if Coffin's at the nickel and Puckett's at safety? What do we do with that? And I'm a firm believer of depth will work itself out. Mm-hmm. You know, we this will somebody will get nicked up, somebody will get hurt, somebody will will not play well. Depth will work itself out. But up front, it's like a we're doing all of this. We got these two guys, these these transfers brought in, don't even have a spot in the field yet. Right. Good problem to have. It is. It is. Yeah, I thought it would be by Darius Knighton starting at the other safety spot. And then Con- uh Donovan Kaufman or Nehemiah Pritchett at nickel. But um it, it sounds like sounds like Drayshawn Miller was the corner opposite Roger McCreary. Jalen Simpson got a pick off of Bo Nix, which tells me that he rotated in with the ones. If he didn't start, he rotated in because they did good versus good, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that hasn't been a thing for the last eight years, but whatever. So let's talk about Bo Nix here for a second. He threw reportedly, I saw some places say two picks. Most places have said three interceptions. So let's go with that. I've seen some former okay. players say that only one was his fault and he was running for his life all the time like we're used to seeing. Um, I don't know what to really make of that. I mean, it sounds like more of the same. And is that a cause for concern? 
I mean, we know early in the process of all of this, scrimmages should always favor the defense just by the nature of how the positions operate or how the sides of the ball operate. So mm-hmm. I'm not too concerned over it yet, but I do think we need to pump the brakes for a second on like, okay, massive step forward time. You know what I mean? Yeah, the people who have made the comments about they see seven and five as, as the floor this season, like I'm worried you got a rude awakening coming. Um, this is definitely, like you said, it's a lot of what we saw last year. And I do think a big part of it comes back to your point about mixing and match on the offensive line. We need to get them reps as a unit together because, you know, Offense works off of chemistry, especially the offensive line. They work yeah. off of chemistry with each other, cooperation, coordination with each other. Uh, but from what I've read, it was a lot of the same stuff from Nick's about where there was pressure, he'd bail out, and he'd he'd just he'd chuck a ball up for grabs. And that's a thing where I'm concerned that Bo Nix has not learned when to hold them versus when to throw them. You know, and, and there's sometimes we're like, yes, I understand you want to make a play. Right, you've got Tank Bigsby and Sean Shivers in the backfield with you, so you don't have to do everything yourself. Don't be afraid to throw it away or take a sack. We know you're out of the pocket. We know you build out of the pocket. Don't be afraid to throw it away versus trying to force a throw down t- downfield and get picked. You yeah. can't do that in the SEC West. It's and, not sustainable. And apparently, D. Davis came in and he stole the show, which is fun and exciting. Now, granted, it was the third string O versus the third string D where he was able to do that, but. Sounds like he did a lot of things as far as stepping up in the pocket, which is exciting. Finley apparently missed some guys. Finley uh, was not as sharp as D. Davis. Was told by a few folks that Davis um, looked like he was the best quarterback on the team at times. And then I had somebody else tell me that Finley um, Finley needs to look out for D. Davis. Those are both kind of different things that I you know saw and heard. So that's something that's exciting. I think uh, I think Finley may have been the loser of the quarterback room, despite Bo Nix throwing three picks. Just as far as like, if you're looking at stock rising and stock falling, I, I think D. Davis's went up a bunch. I think Finley's went down a hair, and I think Bo Nix, in my mind, some people may disagree with this, but in my mind, he stayed around the same. Yeah, the question with D. Davis was always going to be, what does it look like when the bullets are flying? And I think when you're facing an offensive situation with some dysfunction without great pass protection, being mobile like D Davis is can definitely help you. And you can see the difference between Finley, who is somewhere between, um, between a statue and like a fence post in the, in the pocket. Like he does yeah. not move. And a guy like D Davis who can bail out, who can run, who can beat a, beat an edge defender to the corner on a read option. You have a little more, it's easier to look good in that situation. And so it was, it's definitely our offensive situation is set up for D Davis to do more than Finley does. Uh, But I still don't necessarily know if we're ready for D Davis to be the number two this season. I think what you may see is if there's some sort of injury to Bo Nix where he's out for an extended period of time, Finley's the guy up to start, but D Davis is nominally the backup who gets it in garbage time just simply because we want to develop Davis, but Finley's the guy who's going to come in to replace Bo Nix if Bo cannot play uh, because of their play styles. It's going to be interesting to see how they manage that, especially early in the season against Akron, but we will see. Today's show brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best-tasting protein bar 
ever. In fact, it's not even close. I got a box of their Rocky Road flavored built Bars over the course of the weekend. Most of the flavors have 17 grams. I think the Rocky Road one has 18 grams of protein. Very low in calories, very low in sugar. They are all delicious. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Also, we love our friends at BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball's in full swing. Lindsey's Braves won today as we record this on Sunday afternoon, so that was good for him. You can get on the action with First that. First place, baby. Let's go. Or you can uh, you can get in on those, those futures um, with college football, NFL, whatever you want. Just head over to betonline.ag. Use promo code LOCKEDON. When you make that first deposit, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Bo Nix apparently had a nice touchdown pass to Elijah Canyon. That's exciting. Um, Sean Shiver scored like a one or two yard touchdown run. And then Jordan Ingram, I believe, also scored a touchdown run. So there's that. And then speaking of running backs, Jarquez Hunter. No one knows where he was at the time of us recording this at like six or seven o'clock on Sunday. I uh, haven't seen anything in any of the message boards or any even, even kind of a rumor. It's like radio silence, nothing. But apparently among the group of players that were in attendance watching this scrimmage, there was some concern. So I think that's something that's a little interesting to look at. Yeah, he's been one of the guys that's really impressed us as far as coming yeah. in in the weight room, things like that, looking good. So I uh, definitely want to know what happened there. Definitely want to know you know where where he is. You'd like to assume if he's made it this far through fall camp that it's it's not something where he's leaving the team. It's just maybe he was injured or something. But either way, definitely concerning there. I did find it interesting, just some of the other notes that I saw, is our, apparently our tight ends didn't have a great day yesterday. Yeah, I, didn't, uh, a I, lot didn't, of I haven't seen anything about the tight ends. Misses. Every note that I saw going through all the different, whether it was on three or for any, from anywhere else, every time I saw a tight end, it was a negative reference. It was either they dropped a pass or they, you know, they missed a wide open shot. Uh, it was never anything positive about the tight ends, hmm. and so that's something where we've talked a lot about them integrating tight ends into this offense and how much more we're going to use them. Yeah, and we're not getting anything like nothing explicitly negative, but we're not getting anything positive about that position. So little bit concerned about what's going to happen there, what that's going to look like going forward. Right, right. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that happened that I thought was interesting that we need to talk about. Demetrius Robertson, um, Harson talked about there was like one over-the-middle catch that really impressed him with that. Um, I don't know. I think we've about covered all the stuff that I wanted to talk about. This is uh, This kind of has something to do with Auburn, a former Auburn guy. Joey Gatewood, like right before we started recording this, Joey Gaywood entered the transfer portal again. <laughs> so he's leaving Kentucky because Stoops named um, Will, is it Levis? The guy from, is he from Notre Dame or Penn State? Uh, for, uh, the transfer, they named him the starter. The transfer. Yeah. So uh, it sounds like it was going to be either him or Bo Allen. And he's like, no, I'm not doing this again. I'm out. I'm like, hmm. Okay, Joey. All right. Yeah, I will. You know, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Uh, when you're putting Bo Nix up against Joey Gatewood and you're calling this a quarterback battle and one of these guys is a legacy to Auburn who's played for state championships and the other guy wasn't a full-time starter in high school, it wasn't a true competition. And so, one, I'm glad we brought in TJ Finley so it was a true competition. But then, two, I think that this kind of shows us maybe this wasn't even as close a competition as people like to claim it was because Gatewood is 
ostensibly the third the third quarterback at Kentucky, yeah. the noted offensive powerhouse. So, you know, I wish him nothing but the best. Yeah. Uh, got to break out the old Gus Malzahn line. But um, ultimately, this is one of those like, okay, this just kind of proves the, the Bo Nix-Joey Gatewood battle wasn't really a battle. Just because you have two people up for it doesn't mean it's actually a battle. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I wonder if he'll go to UCF. Or is he mad at Gus now because of, because of that? He won't go to I mean, UCF. That's a bad joke. But uh, I do wonder where he goes from here. Like what? He can't, he can't, he's got to leave the SEC, right? He has to leave the SEC. And I think, I honestly think it's the wrong time to do this because he wasn't going to play more than four games anyway. So at least have the advantage of being able to, like, if you transfer now, you still can't count this season as your year you're sitting out. Yeah. And so at least have access to the facilities, at least have access, you know, to the weight room and the nutrition and all of that and work on getting ready, transfer in the offseason or even, you know, partway through. But, Doing it now just seems odd. You're not going to get into another school this late in the semester to actually join their team this year. Right. Why do it now? Yeah, and Stoops was like, yeah, he needs to decide quickly because he can't practice with us if he's in the transfer portal. It's like, yeah, of course. So it feels like it was very much an emotional decision that that it's way too easy now to just go in, like literally to send that email to the to the athletic staff and say, I want to enter the portal and then put you, it's way too easy to do that now. And maybe we need a cooling off period before we do things like this. Well, Zeb Jasper said, there's a button. You go to the AD and there's a button and he's with you when he clicks the button. So I don't know what that button is. I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, he probably left the quarterback room and like just walked straight down to the office and was like, Hey, put me in the portal. Where's the Boom, button done. I want to push the button. Is the button red? Large red button. I'm here to press the button. Yeah, it's, it's like staples. Like he's he's upset. He's upset about it. Like he needed to just take a breath. You know, maybe right. maybe have a bite to eat. Maybe maybe he's a little hangry. Yeah, have a bite to eat. Eat a built. Think bar. about it. Eat, eat a built bar. Come on. Yeah, Lindsay, where can people find you and hear you, brother? I am at Auburn Banker in the social and Discord, and then you can listen to me seven to nine Monday through Friday on News Talk W A N I. Follow me on Twitter at Z Blacker. Be the show on Twitter at Locked on Auburn, on Instagram at Auburn Podcast, and subscribe to us on YouTube. If you're watching, please click subscribe and uh, yeah, hang out with us here every single day for good old Auburn football and basketball content. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.